Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That is C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also, I have a regular CBSSports.com column called Agents Take on Salary Cap and Contracts for the NFL. Uh, This week, we're going to look at three things. The Saints salary cap mess and things they might do to get out of it. John, uh, not John McVay, Sean McVay's um, curious comments about uh, Jared Goff and whether he's going to be the quarterback uh, for the Rams next year and also exploring options for a Matthew Stafford trade. Let's first start with the uh, Saints. Saints season came to an end um, last Sunday in a divisional playoff loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now the Saints uh, can turn their full attention to what is the most challenging, daunting salary cap situation I've ever seen, um, thanks to the uh, coronavirus pandemic. As we know, the NFL and NFLPA um, agreed to a $175 million salary cap floor. Um, there have been reports um, in the past few days that the cap may end up settling around 180. Best case scenario is the cap stays flat at $198.2 million. If it had been a normal year, no coronavirus, conservatively the cap was uh, projected to be $210 million. Even at that level, the Saints were going to have uh, to do a lot of work to be cap compliant when the new league year starts on March 17th. Um, they're going to need the cap to be as close to the current level as possible. That still creates tons and is- tons of issues for the Saints. But according to NFLPA data, Saints now have 59 players under contract. The top 51 counting offseason accounting. The top 51 players for the Saints account for 291.45 million cap commitments. That is by far the most in the NFL. Saints are carrying over 4.122 million of unused cap room from this year, the 2020 league year, which uh, drops the uh, their cap overage down to the, at 287.32 million. million is where they are. At 175 million, basically they're at 112.32 million over the cap. At 198.2 million, they're at 89.122 million. So, never seen anything like this. A lot of work the Saints have to do. Now, the first um, variable is Drew Brees. Drew Brees, um, everyone expects him to retire. Sean Payton had said that on a couple occasions during the offseason. And um, during the year, Jay Glazer reported that he was going to retire as soon as the Saints were eliminated from the playoffs. Drew Brees was noncommittal after the game. Now, the Saints are going to have to do what's in the best interest of them from a salary cap standpoint or most most advantageous because of the huge mess they're in. Breeze has a $36.15 million cap number, fourth highest in the NFL. So they really need him to retire. If he decides to play, they're going to have to do what they've been doing past few deals. 
which is convert money to signing bonus or some or how it's treated as signing bonus or roster bonus is fully guaranteed. We do the same thing. Add a couple of uh, voidable years to stretch out the proration, which the Saints typically do with a lot of deals anyway. There's going to be $22.65 million of dead money. It has to be accounted for for Drew Brees' contract because of the voidable years. Um, right now, he's got a couple of voidable years in the contract. So, if I am the Saints, what I want to do with Drew Brees, if he's going to retire, is take the cap hit over two years. Now, the way they can maximize this from a cap standpoint is have him agree to take his $25 million base salary for 2021 and reduce it to his league minimum $1.075 million. If you do that, you're going to pick up $23.925 million in cap room immediately when you do this uh, re- renegotiation. Now, then you can carry him on the roster till June 2nd. And if you carry him on the roster till June 2nd, you avoid the 11.5 million bonus proration from 2022 and 2023 those years which were going to automatically void from becoming a 2021 cap charge then on June 2nd his 1.075 million dollar base salary would also come off the books so you'd be left with dead money which is a cap charge for someone no longer on the roster of 11.15 million this year then 11.5 next year so you take it over 2 years this whole waiting to keep someone on the roster until June 2nd is something that the Panthers did with Luke Keekley last year. When he announced his retirement, they carried him until June 2nd so they could split the cap hit over two years. Now, 23 uh, picking up the $23.925 million in cap relief just becomes a nice start for the Saints. They're, the roster is going to look a lot different next year. They're going to have to release several players that are under contract um, for this year, well, for next year. First guy that's probably going to go is Quan Alexander. When they, they traded for him midseason, um, traded Kiko Alonso, draft pick came back uh, in that deal as well, um, traded him to the Niners. Um, Quan Alexander, $13.4 million cap number for 2021. Tore his Achilles late in the season. There's no dead money associated with that, with his salary. So you pick up $13.4 million in cap room from Quan Alexander. Now, if he can't play in 2021 because of the injury he suffered, the Achilles, um, ultimately the Saints could be on the hook for $1.2 million under the collective bargaining agreement's injury protection benefit, but that wouldn't hit the cap immediately. That's a down-the-road type thing. But we're just worried about March 17th for now and being cap compliant. There's some misinformation about Jared Cook. Um, some people have reported that he's got a voiding 2021 contract year. That's not the case. It is a real 21 contract year. He's got a minimum base salary. He's got an $8.04 million roster bonus that's due on the second day of the league year. Um, that roster bonus could have escalated to $19 million depending upon certain factors, what he did and team improvement in certain categories. By the way, he's got to be gone off the roster before the roster bonus is due on March 18th. If you do that, you get $9.1 million of cap room from him um, as well. Uh, Janoris Jenkins, 
Um, $14.2 million cap number. They probably can't afford that. Uh, he's got a $1.2 million fully guaranteed roster bonus already out of his $11.2 million salary. You can free up $7 million of cap room by cutting Janoris Jenkins. Um, interior offensive lineman Nick Easton is a reserve now. He's got $6.5 million of salary on a $6.875 million cap number. Expensive backup. Getting rid of him. You pick up $5.875 million of cap room. Uh, defensive tackle Malcolm Brown uh, played 33% of the snaps in 13 games. That's probably a guy that uh, will be gone as well. Um, you pick up $5 million from cutting him. Emmanuel Sanders, wide receiver, their second receiver, $10 million cap number. Uh, he's got $2 million roster bonuses guaranteed. Cutting him, $4 million of cap space. Thomas Morstead's been a great punter for years. Um, Saints kept Blake Gillikin, 2020 undrafted free agent. Stashed him, had a back injury, on an IR big leg. There's a $2.84 million difference in their salaries. Parting ways with Morstead, $2.5 million of cap savings. Latavius Murray helps form one of the better running back tandems in the NFL of Alvin Kamara. Kamara, I should say. Um, he's supposed to make $3.35 million in 2021. Uh, you might have to go cheaper running back since you can find running backs in a lot of different places in the draft or out there. $2.5 million is freed up if Murray's not around. And also Nickelback Patrick Robinson um, would free up $2.6 million of cap room. So that's cut nine guys that played a role in the Saints' success this year. These nine guys, that would be $51.975 million of cap space that is freed up from them. Now, the problem is that if you take somebody out of the top 51, nine guys, you got to replace them with people in the top 51. The guys coming in would mostly be at league minimum salaries for a first-year player. So you would have... million of salary coming back in to the top 51. So the net gain from these guys would be 45.975 million of cap space. So we're still not there yet when we talk about the Saints making a dent um, into their uh, salary cap problems um, between talking about Drew Brees being the most creative with him and cutting players um, as well. The Saints are also going to have to restructure contracts, which is something that um, they typically do every year. And when the Saints restructure contracts to um, maximize the amount of cap room they can get, they will add voiding years to contracts because you can uh, pro to contract prorated signing bonus over five years. And if you had the, enough voiding years, then you can stretch out the proration through the voiding years, which could be up to five years as opposed to how many every years you have on your contract instead of two if you have two years left. So that's what the Saints do typically. So they're probably going to have to do that um, with guys to create as much cap room as possible. Uh, Defensive end Cam Jordan has the second highest cap number on the team after Breeze at 18.9 million. Um, 
He's got a 1.9 million fifth day league year roster bonus and 10.825 base salary. Uh, you convert all that, but his league minimum of $1.075 million, 2020 base salary, and add a 2025 voiding year, then you're going to convert $12.725 million um, of salary and, and into signing bonus. You can get $10.18 million of cap space this way and bring Jordan's cap number down to $8.72 million. That means his 22 through 25 cap numbers would increase to... Um, two by 2.545 million each. Um, Michael Thomas, all-pro wide receiver who had an injury-plagued year as having ankle surgery, uh, was subject to trade rumors after he got suspended for a game due to a practice altercation um, for a teammate. Um, people are now speculating he's going to get traded again. Um, trading him doesn't help the Saints from a cap standpoint. Because there's $20 million in dead money if you trade him when his cap number is 18.8. So you're adding one two on the trade. Now, uh, what I think is more likely to occur is they're going to convert $11.6 million of his $12.6 million base salary, add a dummy 2025 contract year. You'll get $9.28 million in cap space this way. His new 2021 cap number becomes $9.5 two million. Um, there's some misinformation about Andres Pete. Uh, some people I've seen have him being a cap casualty. They can't cut him because it's, one is 2021 base salary is already guaranteed nine million. And his 10.85 million 2022 base salary is already guaranteed for injury. It becomes fully guaranteed the third day of the 2021 league year. So you've got Pete's $9 million 2021 salary already fully guaranteed. And the 22 salary will be fully guaranteed on March 19th. So he's a guy who's practically sure to be in around um, in 2022. That's another guy you pick up room for. Convert eight of his $9 million base salary into signing bonus. Add a 2025 voiding year. You get six point four million dollars of cap room uh, that way from him. And then there you got something you got to do with, two, to, with the two 2017 first round picks, um, Ryan Ramsick and Marshawn Lattimore. Only one of them can be designated as a franchise player um, in 2022. They're both under because they're playing their fifth year options. Uh, Lattimore's is ten point. Two four four million. Ram six is eleven point oh six four million. I think um, getting something done with Ram six is a little more essential because left tackle Taron Armstead's in a contract year as well. Um, the Saints did something I've never seen a team do before: Sheldon Rankins. Um, Rankins, 2016 first round pick, fifth year option for him. They converted a significant portion of signing bonus and added two voidable years, voiding years. So there's going to be $4 million of a cap charge relating to Rankins when his contract voids um, last day of the 2020 league year. So I expect them to potentially employ this tactic with um, one or both of these guys. Now, Lattimore could be a trade candidate, and if you trade Lattimore, you pick up $10.244 million. 
Another thing you could do is with Lattimore, drop his base salary down to $1.244 million. Um, $9 million gets converted into a signing bonus. You pick up 7-2 of cap room that way. Um, but when those four years void, last day of the 2021 league year in March 22, you're going to have $7.2 million in dead money in 2022. Now, if you can get a timely extension done with Ramsick, that would be ideal. Maybe your best young right tackle in the league. Um, we saw the right tackle market and free agency. Uh, Jack Conklin signed three years, $42 million, $30 million fully guaranteed to leave the Titans to go to the Browns. Um, highest paid right tackle is Lane Jan- Johnson, $18 million per year. Next is Trent Brown, $16.25 million um, Raiders. But the most recent tackle point is left tackle Garrett Bowles, four million, four years, sixty-eight million dollar extension in November, uh, forty million, fully guaranteed. Averages not fully guaranteed in guarantees. Mix of fifth highest paid offensive lineman, at seventeen million per year. So, a Ramsey extension is probably going to be in that same neighborhood. So if you if you extended him, let's say you gave him a fifteen million dollar signing bonus, you dropped his base salary down to 1.064 million that way you're going to create 7 million dollars of cap space because his new cap number is going to be 4.06 million now if you're going to do that you're probably going to have to use the signing option bonus structure where you've got a basically a second signing bonus coming in 2022 where they're going to have to give them a payment of say 10 to 15 million dollars to pick up the uh 2025 contract year and then you could spread the uh, option bonus payment and prorate it as well so that may be something that they have to do if they can't get a deal done in a timely manner they're going to have to do the voiding years concept like the Rankins deal like Rankins did this year as a placeholder now if you did that you can get eight million dollars of cap space for the time being if you add four voiding years and you drop this base down to uh 1.064 million. Now, Saints got to decide if they want to have two high-priced tackles because Armstead is in a contract year as well. So if you did something with him, um, he's going to be north of 20 million dollars if you're going to do an extension with him. Now, if you extended him for four years, uh, let's say he got a 20 million dollar signing bonus and he's up in that stratosphere, then you could gain like 7.15 million a cap room as well or if you needed to do the restructure um there's already 5.075 million dollars of 2022 dead money for him um from adding two voiding years last year so you tack on a couple more you you could if you could get 8.06 million of cap space if you convert 10.075 million into a signing bonus now Putting the uh, Armstead transaction aside, if you do restructure Pete, Thomas, Jordan, add the dummy years to uh, Lattimore, and you do an extension for Ramsick, that's $40.06 million. Now, that means between the nine guys getting cut, Drew Brees, in these restructures, you've got 109.78 million in cap room you've created. You're still not quite there. You're still like 2.55 million dollars short. So, 
just to get cap compliant, there's a lot of work the Saints have to do, and you're probably going to have to do something. Armstead, you could – I wouldn't extend Tyson Hill because I don't know if he's the quarterback of the future, but you could – convert $11 million of his salary, stretch it out with 40 dummy years since 2021 his contract year and get 8 to cap room. That way, I just leave him alone, personally. See, even if they just get to get, just get to be cap compliant, they're, they're not even approaching any of their key free agents. One, they'd probably like to have Jameis Winston back to be competition for Taysom Hill. But is he going to want to come back? Because he wasn't the guy this year when Drew Brees got hurt. You didn't have enough cap room really to sign him. He's probably going to look for the best opportunity possible, whether that's here or someplace else. Uh, Your key free agents, probably gone. Safety Marcus Williams and Trey Hendrickson, the two that immediately come to mind. Um, Williams is probably going to be looking at a deal at the top of the safety market, no less than $14 million per year. And Hendrickson may have priced himself out of New Orleans, um, didn't play a whole lot the first three years, didn't play enough to earn the proven performance escalator. All you needed to do was average 35% play time over the first three years. He couldn't even do that. But this year, breakout year, ties for second in the NFL with 13.5 sacks. Saints going to have a hard time keeping him in town. Even though he's a one-year wonder, I expect somebody is going to throw enough money at him where he's out of New Orleans. Saints uh, have found a way to pull a rabbit out of the hat in the past, so I wouldn't be surprised if they do it again this year. Kai Harley, one of the best at the business at manipulating the salary cap. He's been there since, uh, like, 2008. (laughs) Don't envy the work cut out for Kai Harley. Not Mickey Loomis. Kai Harley's only manages the cap. But uh, the Saints, when it's all said and done, the competence of their roster is going to be a lot different than it is now um, because of the significant drop in the cap. Um, something that was unforeseen that no team is uh, was able to contemplate, but the Saints have been more impacted than anybody else just because of the nature of how they constantly restructure contracts and are trying to maximize their ability to be a contender in the now. And... This credit card approach mentality kicked the can down the road. Way of managing cap has come back to haunt them because of the pandemic and the bill is coming due this March. So it'll be interesting to see which moves that the Saints ultimately make and how they get to be cap compliant. Rams head coach Sean McVay uh, raised some eyebrows with some comments he had um, right after um, they lost to the uh, uh, Packers. When asked about his quarterback, Jared Goff, um, he said Goff is his quarterback right now. That was kind of a curious comment to make about Goff. Then the next day in a Zoom session with the media, he didn't commit to Goff being on the roster <laughs> uh, for 2021 which is fueled speculation that um, as soon as McVay can get rid of Goff, he will. Now, because of Goff's contract, I tend to think he's not going anywhere, but I never expected the Rams last year to cut, or this year I should say, uh, 2020 league year, cut Todd Gurley before he played any of the four new years 
on the extension he signed in 2018. They also gave an extension to Brandon Cooks in 2018 and moved him to Houston. <laughs> um, so he played one year on his extension <laughs> um, before they moved him. So the Rams have a willingness to part ways with players. <laughs> they don't feel are worth the value. Now, Goff um, in 2019, um, right before the regular season started, signed a four-year, $134 million contract extension. 30, average $33.5 million a year which is the same as Aaron Rodgers' extension. Um, made him third-highest paid player in the league. Has incentives and escalators where the deal can max out at $148 million. Goff has a $34.95 million cap number in 2021. Some of his guarantees have no offsets, which makes it impossible to cut him. His 2021 base salary is fully guaranteed. It's $25 million, No offset. He's got a $2.5 million second day of the league year roster bonus in 2021 that's already fully guaranteed. No offset. He's got a 2022 $15.5 million second day of the league year roster bonus which became fully guaranteed on the second day of the 2020 league year. No offset. He's got it. Also, the last guarantee in the deal is a $10 million base salary guarantee. It's guaranteed for injury right now. Skill and cap guarantees kick in on the second day of the 2022 league year. There's no offset for that. So right now, they're not on the hook for that. So if you cut Jared Goff, you're going to have $65.2 million in dead money, which would be a $30.25 million increase on the cap. <laughs> so that ain't happening. <laughs> you are not going to cut Jared Goff this year. That's because when you have salary guarantees in future years, they accelerate no matter when you cut the guy. Um, we saw that with Dwayne Haskins when he was cut. The guarantees that he had um, beyond 2020 hit the Washington football team's cap um, for the 2020 league year. So you can't have... <laughs> Jared Goff's $15.5 million 2022 roster bonus hitting the 2021 cap if you cut him. Plus, you're going to have bonus proration of $15.4 million from 2022 to 2024 accelerating um, if you cut him. You couldn't even use a post-June 1 designation because the $15.4 million would hit even if you could hold off on the 15.5 salary guarantee would hit even if you could hold off on the million of bonus proration hitting until 2022. It's just not feasible. Their best bet would be to try to find somebody who to trade him. (laughs) Um, If I'm Kevin Demoff, I think he's the team president for the year Rams. I'm calling Indianapolis. See if they'll, if you can take Jared Goff off our hands, that would be great. (laughs) If you were able to find somebody to take Jared Goff's contract, then you're going to have $22.2 million in dead money, $6.8 million of bonus proration from 2021, then a $15.4 in 2022. Um, the new team would be taking on the remainder of the contract. So you would pick up $12.75 million in cap room. If you had to wait and eat the $2.5 million roster bonus, um, they did that with Brandon Cook's roster bonus, which was due in March, traded him in April. 
you had to do that, then you still pick up 10.5 million. But um, you really want to try to deal uh, Jared Goff. That's the best way out of it. Someone's going to need. There won't be a lot of teams who could be in play because if they take on the full salary, it's 28.15 million. That's what Goff is supposed to make in 2021. He's got 106.6 million left on his contract for four years. Um, he's got. Basically, you're stuck for two years because of the guarantee next year. He's making $54.3 million over two years. But that's one to keep an eye on. Uh, what is going to happen with Jared Goff? Now, there was one development that came late Saturday afternoon, um, early evening in front of the East Coast. Uh, weren't really expecting. But I guess um, Matthew Stafford... Ain't into biting kneecaps. So that means it came out that they're going to mutually explore trade possibilities for Matthew Stafford. That means Stafford's like, hey, I want out. I've spent my whole career here. We've been to the playoffs three times. I haven't won a playoff game. I don't want to go through a rebuild. Dan Campbell's got a six-year contract. The head coach, Brad Holmes, the GM, a five-year contract. He's like, I ain't down for that. (laughs) So he wants out. The Ram, not the Rams, the Lions, really could probably hit the reset button um, from a cap standpoint as well. They got 50 players under contract right now. When you factor in the carryover and their cap commitments, they're at 173.1. So they are barely under the 175 million dollar salary cap floor. Then the question becomes, well, what happens cap-wise with Stafford um, if you trade him? He's got two years left on his contract. He's making $20 million in 2021, and then he's making 23 in 2022. Um, out of the $20 million he's, he's going to make this year, $10 million is a fifth day of the league year roster bonus. If uh, he is traded then there's going to be $19 million in dead money with Matthew Stafford. He's got a $33 million cap number, so you're going to pick up 14 of cap space um, by trading him. So there is a benefit. This is un- not like Matt Ryan. The Falcons are basically kind of stuck with him because his cap number is a shade under 41, and the dead money is 44 because of multiple restructures. So there's a much better chance you're going to trade Matthew Stafford. So any team that wants to acquire him is going to need $20 million of cap space to absorb his salary. So who could some of these teams be? Well, obviously the Colts come to mind as one um, because of Phillip Rivers retiring, and they got a ton of cap space. When you factor everything in, in terms of carryover room, Top 51, their cap commitments are 125.64 million. New England, they picked 21st. Now, in terms of compensation, he's going to go for at least a first-round pick. Um, I'd say the closest comp would be uh, Carson Palmer. When he was 31, he got traded from the Bengals to the Raiders for a 2012 first-round pick and a 2013 second-round pick. The first-round pick was 17th. The second-round pick was uh, 37th. So. Compensation is going to be at least a first-round pick. Lions are picking seventh in the draft, so they're in a position where if they wanted 
to get a quarterback seven, start over, whether that's Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, whoever is there, they're going to be in position to do that. Patriots need a quarterback. Interesting thing is Matt Patricia, who was fired as the Lions head coach during the season, has now gone back to uh, (laughs) the Patriots. I don't know if that's good or bad, but they're at 117.56 million dollars of cap commitments. Uh, the Washington football team needs a quarterback. They're at 142.41. Um, Pittsburgh, if they can get Roethlisberger to retire, that still doesn't really help them because uh, they have 210 million dollars of cap commitments. They pick up 19 million in cap relief from him retiring. 20 million dollar salary. That means that adds one. Now, the Redskins get interesting because Alex Smith, who's going to be comeback player of the year, if you um, could trade for Stafford, that's $24.4 million. He has a cap number of that. There'd be $10.8 million dead money. You pick up uh, 13.6. So you'd have $148.8 million of cap commitments afterwards. San Francisco's interesting from the standpoint that if they get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, they only have $2.8 million in dead money. Um, he's got a no-trade clause for 2021, so you can't just deal him wherever. <laughs> They've got $160 million in cap commitments. So if you actually got rid of Garoppolo one way or another, cut or trade, then you're down to $156.4 um, in cap commitments. So you could afford or be very close to being able to afford the $20 million you would need for um, to absorb Stafford. And the Jets are intriguing. Um, Deshaun Watson wants to go there, but they've got two first-round picks, second and 23rd. Let's say they're not enamored with Sam, obviously, Sam Darnold. Uh, wouldn't, if they are going to try to trade for a quarterback, that means Sam Darnold's out of the equation. Would the Lions want Sam Darnold as opposed to uh, one of these guys in the draft? But they've got a hundred and basically $13 million of cap commitment. So this position, it'd be interesting if they traded 23rd pick and other stuff and maybe Darnold, then they're in a really good position then. <laughs> and also it would be intriguing for um, the Lions if they had the 7th pick and the 23rd pick, could they move up to get another quarterback? And if they if they really liked one guy, Fields, over Wilson, um, really liked him, um, and then have Darnold in the fold, or maybe not have Darnold in the fold, but still. Matthew Stafford, it'll be interesting to see where he goes, but those that's just some of the possibilities. Colts, the most obvious one. Patriots with the Matt Patricia thing. Washington football team. Pittsburgh, but a lot of cap issues. I'm not even mentioning the Saints for obvious reasons we have discussed. Jets, if they wanted to go that route, 49ers. So be stay tuned, and, and we'll see where um, Matthew Stafford ultimately ends up. He can't formally be traded till the first day of the league year on March 17th at 4 p.m. Eastern time, but you can work out the trade beforehand, which is what um, happened with Alex Smith a couple years ago and Joe Flacco as well. Trades were agreed to way before the new league year started and they were formally executed then. But anyway, that's going to wrap up this week's um, um, session. 
Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel, C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also read my agent's take column at CBSSports.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next week. Goodbye.